Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. All right. Good morning. Stand to your feet. I had a couple of leaders. Good job, Shane. You know, every Sunday we do this, and I, I, want, I don't ever want this to just be routine, religious, ritual, but the words of our mouths open our hearts or affect our hearts. And when we make a declaration, we, we're, we're saying this is what we expect. It's very important that you know what you expect and God knows what you expect. So this is what we expect. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. And I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We're beginning a new series entitled The Fruitful Life. And uh, when you start talking about a fruitful or a blessed life, uh, oftentimes we immediately begin uh, to take a defensive posture in our soul because oftentimes when we talk about blessing and fruitfulness, we get this feeling we don't deserve what we're talking about. And uh, whether we've thought about it or not, uh, consciously, I believe subconsciously, we're always wondering how we fit into God's grand scheme of things, or better yet, how God's grand scheme of things fits into our lives. And uh, there was a time in my life that I didn't believe that I uh, should talk about blessing. I didn't deserve blessing. It was right after I got born again. And I, I didn't really buy into the idea. I began to read the Word of God and... Uh, and the word says, if, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more does our Father in heaven? God wants to bless your life. God wants you to be fruitful. As a matter of fact, it began in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. Uh, so the fruitful life is uh, a God design. It's something that God has for each and every one of us. But we have to be willing to accept it. And some say, well, I, I would if, or I'd be glad to, or I want but the reality is that it's got to be more than a mental assent. It has to be a heart conviction. Because the Bible tells us the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so before he can ever steal the harvest, he first tries to steal the seed. If he can get to the seed, he's guaranteed there will be no harvest. And so when a seed of God's word is sown in our hearts... We have to water that, we have to cultivate that, we have to protect that, we have to preserve that so that our words don't spray verbal pesticide on what God has sown in us. You know, some people pray and they ask God for something, go out, well, no, it'll never happen. You just wasted time in prayer. What you've done is just cursed the very request that you made. It'd be like if one of our kids came up to us and said, Dad, would you do this for me? Everything in me would want to say yes. And if I knew that it was in my power, I would do everything I could to bother. 
uh, how much more does God want to do good for you and for us? But we have to put ourselves in that position. Uh, in Matthew 3, 8, it says, Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. God has called us to bear fruit in our lives. And uh, as we do that, and as we manifest that fruit, other people's lives are affected. So a fruitful life is a reflection of God's engagement, God's involvement in, in our lives. So turn your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Uh, the, the, the word of the name Jabez is only mentioned three times. Jabez, And I'm going to go through this prayer this month. It's February. It's the beginning of the year still. People are recovering from holiday hangover. And uh, now it's time to really get serious. And we did Vision Month last month, and this will connect to that in that we need to stay faithful and prayerful in order to be fruitful. And that means that we're not going to give up on our dreams. We're not going to give up on our vision. We're not going to give up on what we've discussed with God. Uh, it, sometimes the blessing of God, if not most of the time, the blessing and the fruit of God does not come easy. It requires a great deal of protection and preservation. And let me reiterate, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Whatever you're talking about, whatever you're saying, will often, if not most of the time, become a reality. And I'm, I'm always trying to be guarded in what I say. I'm not perfect at it. I, I definitely have, have to really remember sometimes, because I can look at something and it's reality. And you can address the reality of that situation, or you can be positive and speak to what it can be, not what it is. All of us need to hear words of what we can be, not necessarily who we are right now. God has created us to be better. God has created us to be more. And it requires of us an incredible tenacity to declare what God has already declared in his word. Now, in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. So his name actually meant sorrow, pain. One day he goes, why did you name me Jabez? I get made fun of it, or anywhere else. Why would you name me that? And so we have to overcome words. In this case, Jabez has to overcome what his name means. Jabez cried out, to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Now notice, out of the pain or the name that reflected pain, Jabez didn't complain. He decided, rather than complaining or buying into a name that didn't resonate in him, he decided, decided to cry out to God. Now, I don't know how many of you ever looked up what your name means or how many of you ever even believe in that. But in the Bible times, during Bible times, those names had significant meaning. Parents didn't just name their children a name that they thought was pretty. They named them according to what they believed about that child. And, and so as a result of that, 
uh, you know, God saves is, is, you know, Joshua, Jesus, salvation. They're, they're, those names meant something. And, and I looked up my name, which I have a biblical name. Thank you very little. And it means mighty warrior. And so I've always kind of thought, this is who you were created to be. And now you may have a name that doesn't mean much to you, or maybe your parents just say, I like that name. But God sees you the way you, how do I word this? God sees you differently than maybe the way you see you, or maybe you see you in a way differently, see yourself differently than your parents. But God sees you as fearfully and wonderfully made. And his power is at work in you when you become a believer. And we have to have the same confidence that Jabez had coming out of his pain, asking God, God, would you bless me and enlarge my territory? Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain or free from who I was said to be. And God granted his request. Short little prayer, short little scripture in the Bible that stands out in the midst of all the great patriarchs and all the great names that we see in the Bible. This one little guy named Jabez decides that I'm not going to let the pain that my mother experienced, the pain that she sees when she looks at me. I'm not going to let anything keep me from the fruitful life. What somebody said to you, maybe when you were in school. Now, nowadays, you can't say anything about a kid. But when some of us were in school, teachers felt the liberty to say whatever they wanted. And I don't know that they meant harm. I, don't, I was ignorance. But they typically measured your future by your test scores. You say, well, isn't that a good measurement? Not in the eyes of God, it's not. God has historically used common people to do uncommon things. And if you have measured your life by what someone told you about you, that may have been scientific of God. And we see this in Jabez's simple prayer to ask God to bless him. And it's very, very important that we, like Jabez not allow ourselves to be moved by negativity. When I was going through school, I remember uh, doing more because somebody might be left behind or feel that they're being left behind. But we often measure uh, by what we've seen in a score. Now, I had to fight through with five kids. I had to fight through things because they were very different. I had one son who was the charming, everybody loved him, but he didn't love school so much. It was reflected in his grades. But I watched him get through school four years in college, and I scratched my head the whole time. I thought, there's just no way this kid's going to make it. But you know, he just, he just was so positive, and he's still so positive. And he actually lives on his own in L.A. I, I don't support him. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> but I, honest to God, thought growing up, I thought I'm going to probably have to support this kid the rest of his life. Not, not because he was dumb, because he was actually very smart, but his scores didn't show it. Yeah. 
I saw it, but the test scores didn't reveal it. And so sometimes we, we pray and ask God at the level of what we see, not at the level of what God can deliver. And remember the scripture, nothing is impossible with God. And it's what I call praying dangerously. When's the last time you asked God for something that you knew was absolutely out of your reach? Beyond possibility in the natural. But God is bigger than the natural. He is supernatural. Socrates said, whom then do I call educated? First, listen to this, those who control circumstances instead of being mastered by them. Notice he doesn't say your SAT, your ACT, your test scores, standardized testing. Those who meet all occasions manfully and act in accordance with intelligent thinking. Those who are honorable in all dealings. Who treat good-naturedly persons. This obviously language is old language. And things that are disagreeable. And furthermore, those who hold their pleasures under control and are not overcome by misfortune. Finally, those who are not spoiled by success. Whether we're failing or succeeding, God is our rock. God is our cornerstone. Like Jabez, we need to cry out to live a blessed life and a fruitful life. There's a word called gimper, and it means someone who always does a little more than what is required or expected. So the very first thing I want us to think about today is bigger and do more than what's expected. In other words, it's easy to look at 2019 and go, well, it was a good year. If I can just have that kind of year this year, everything will be great. And I believe it's a demonic ploy to get us to be satisfied with good. Now, I'm all about good, but I'm all about best. And God wants the best for us. But getting us to believe that, we have to go, well, you know, uh, nobody's ever told me that, that I could do more than what, what I'm doing. I had always played basketball my whole life. In fact, we were so poor that, you know, we just had, there was ABC, NBC, and CBS. And I remember when Fox Station came on the air, everybody thought, wow, we got four stations on TV now. But none of them were geared to kids. So I would, every day after school, I would dribble my basketball from my house four blocks to the school playground. That's how close I lived to the school. And I would go to the school playground and I would play basketball with grown men. And I would be in elementary school. Now, I'll never forget the York family. York family lived across the street and they were equally poor. And so none of us had money. So we just played basketball. We'd do pickup games. And so I became pretty good. And I'll never forget, I was sitting in class my freshman year, and I, I didn't think much about it. I just enjoyed playing. But there was a basketball coach, evidently, that saw something in me I didn't see. And literally, he was the principal. He would come and pull me out of class. I thought I was in trouble. He came, can I see Mark Crow? And I was, oh, I'm going to get my bottom beat again. But he would pull me out, and he would take me across the hall to this little gymnasium at our school. And he would work with me privately during class. This is why we're not the most academically strong school in the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> Moves and things that, that I had no idea about. I just, he elevated my expectations. He believed in me. 
And sometimes that's all we need. But the greatest thing about you and me and any of us is that we believe in the God in us. Or we believe in ourselves. So often we are harder on ourselves than anyone else can be. Can you imagine what Jabez had to fight through to get to the place where he could possibly believe that God could use him? So what made him more honorable than his brothers? What, does, what, what set him apart? I have an older brother, have a younger brother. They're both very short. So I bring that up. Because I always rub it in. It's, it's not really nice, but it's kind of fun. But he was different than his brothers, and it, maybe he worked harder. Maybe it was his worship of God or faith in God. Maybe he learned early on the importance of integrity. Maybe God knew that if he blessed Jabez, that Jabez would be a blessing. So often we don't pray for God, to, but the reality is we are told to approach his throne with boldness, with confidence. <clears throat> and so many... Religious people think it's not humble to approach God with your great dreams and great desires. But I would propose that the more we approach, I think it excites with prayers that would, would make religious people think we were being selfish. I think it excites God because God desires to do things for his children. Think about it this way. You have a desire to bless your children. You have a desire to do more for them than they can even expect that you would do for them. God has more expectation and desire to do great things for us than we can imagine. When's the last time you asked God for something that would be a miracle? Because that's what Jabez is praying. God, I need you to meet my needs. I'll never forget that I went back to college at 24 years old. I had gone to Oklahoma State University. I'm saying that publicly. I got my degree the first semester in partying and alcoholism. It was an easy degree. I, I surpassed most four-year students in one semester. Dropped out because it, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't getting anything academically. I was just destroying my life. And so it was shortly after that that I gave my life to Jesus. And I thought my life was done at 21 years old. And, and uh, after three years of living for the Lord... I felt a real draw to go back to college, and, and uh, my parents were not in support of it. Imagine, 24 years old, they were poor, they middle class, lower middle class at that time, and there was nothing they could do for me. And I remember thinking, God, there's no way I can afford an eighty dollars to $100,000 education. I'm going to need your help. So, God, I'm going to ask you to help me. And without fail, one semester at a time, as I asked God for help, I would find myself at the end of the semester not owing anything. It was an amazing thing. I, I can't even begin to tell you. There were, there were people that, that paid for classes. I still don't know who they are. And God continued to do those things. And then I'm, a, I'm a, a, a about to graduate. And it was between baccalaureate and graduation. The baccalaureate service was that morning and then graduation that afternoon. And I'm sitting in, in that service, and I, I literally said this to God. I said, God, you told me, because I'd asked him uh, to, to fund my education. And I heard in my heart, he said, you'll graduate debt-free. Well, that morning, I still owed money. 
And I didn't, I didn't get all down and out and say, well, God, I don't know that much. And I remember kind of whining. I said, well, God, you told me I graduate debt-free, and, and he, I still owe money. And here's exactly what I heard in my heart. You haven't graduated yet. <laughs> now, I didn't know if that meant I wasn't going to make it, or I didn't know what was going to happen. But seriously, between that morning and that afternoon, all the money that people brought in honor of my graduation paid for whatever debt I had left. But I had a conversation with God, and I've never, ever been afraid to be honest with God. And you know what? God's cool with that. Some people pray for others thinking that if I pray for them, God will do for me. Pray for you so that God will use you to do for them. I'll bless you so you can be a blessing. Quit asking God to bless everybody else and say, God, if you'll bless me, I'll be a blessing. Do you understand? Oftentimes, we're praying for everybody else but ourselves because it, it comes off as meek and humble. But really, it's religious. Everything that you want somebody else to have needs to be resident in you so God can use you to give them what they're asking for. Now, I'm not saying we don't pray for one another, but you got to start praying for you. Because I've known people say, you know, I intercede. I, I don't need any more than I have. If I can just have a room in the corner of heaven, stop. Quit praying that way. You need to start designing your mansion right now. So I don't need a mansion. I didn't say you did, but evidently God thinks you need one. Jesus said, I've gone to prepare a place for you that where I am, you might. God wants to bless you. God wants you to live a fruitful life. God wants you to be a blessing. That's what God wants from us. The one thing that I would never want taken from me is the ability to give. But I have to have in order to give. We've always planted seed ahead of time. Every month we still do here at Mosaic. And I would shut down before I would ever quit giving. People say, well, you can't afford to give. Things are tight. I can't afford not to give. If you don't sow, you have nothing to reap. And God wants us to sow and experience reaping. Maybe Jabez set himself apart by being willing to turn his pain toward God in prayer. Whatever it is you're experiencing, don't go to God and whine. Go say, God, I know there's more than this. Bless me. Enlarge my territory. God, expand me. What are you believing for? When we were about to start Mosaic Church, and it was, it was, it was winter. I don't know why God does this. I, I just, but in the wintertime, it's January four years ago. And I was living in Texas. I moved back up here. Uh, I mean, when you were my age, and everything that you own fits in the back of a 20-foot U-Haul. Life becomes real. And I went, wow, okay. And so I moved back up here. I'm sleeping on a blow-up mattress in a friend of mine's house. And every morning I woke up in a taco. You ever slept in a blow-up mattress that leaked? You don't have to worry about cuddling. It'll cuddle you. And it was, it was the darkest of times. It seemed like that, that life would, you know, had sunk and, and as church and 
And Lord, I'm asking you for a building. And it was clear as a bell in my heart. God said, quit asking for a building and ask for me for the building. Sometimes we just randomly ask God and leave it out there. And God says, what do you really want? So I quit praying for a building. Started praying for the building. And it real quickly came. And, and I just put my trust in God. In the building that we're now in, I didn't even ask to be in it. They had sent out 10,000 flyers to the Dallas Metro, Tulsa, all throughout Oklahoma trying to rent this space. And they called us and said, do you want it? I said, no. <laughs> War Acres, Oklahoma? I've been here before. Sometimes God's place that we didn't expect is, I mean, it's the place he wants us. But I began to see that God is a very specific God, and we need to pray very specific prayers. Jabez prayed a very specific prayer, and God answered that request. I want to challenge us. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep asking. Keep knocking. Keep going before God. Don't ever stop. Don't back off. Don't get discouraged. Don't get depressed. In the fullness of time, God sent Jesus. In the fullness of time, God will answer your prayer. And I know some of you and all of us have times where we just give up on something. And we say, this is the way it's always been. It's never going to change. Well, if you keep believing that, you're right. It never will change. We've got to speak to what can be, both in people and in life. This is what can be. The child you've had trouble with, and they've been trouble your whole life, it's time for you to start saying, their best days are ahead. They're going to be everything God's called them to be. They're going to be all that I know. God. We see with natural eyes, natural behavior. But we serve a supernatural God who has supernatural capacity, unlimited, to do whatever we'll believe that he can do. And so Jabez saw beyond his pain. If there's one thing I could tell you today, see beyond your pain. Bruce Wilkerson said you could think of Jabez as the prodigy of the genealogy or maybe the Bible's little big man. You'll find him hiding in the least read section of one of the least read books in the Bible. You may feel lost in the crowd, but God sees you. You may feel like the least in the family. I remember when I wasn't living for God, and uh, my older brother had gotten saved, given his life to Jesus. My little brother was who we loved to hate because he never did anything really bad. My older brother and I did. And then my older brother got saved, and I felt betrayed because now I was the only one in my family not living for God. And I remember coming home one day, and my saintly mother, who really loved me, but how many of you know I had the gift of irritation? Came home one day, she said, you know, everything's fine around the house until you come home. 
I never forgot. And you say, well, that was cruel of your mother to say. It really wasn't. She got my attention because she was right. And, but she prayed for me. I told you I have her Bible. I, it's on my nightstand. And, and it was her prayer Bible that she'd get down on her knees every day in her house. And she would pray and she would write in her Bible. And she had really great penmanship. And my name's in there more than either one of my brother's. She knew for some reason, some, until I came to that place where I realized God saw who I was in the midst of a family that was lower middle class at best and dysfunctional. We put the dis in functional. And she believed in me. This story shows that we don't have to be from a noble family to have God hear our requests. You don't have to have grown up in a Christian home. You can blame your parents for who you are not or who you are today. But the reality is that we become who we become based on the choices that we make, not the choices someone else makes. That today, no matter what you've been told, that you graduated in the bottom of your class, everything's fine at home until you show up, you're not a good employee, whatever the case may be, that can change in a moment. And it comes from you, not from someone else. Secondly, this prayer reveals, it, tr reveals trust to ask God. Do you trust God? Because if you trust God, you'll ask God anything. If you believe that God can do anything, you'll ask God to do anything or everything. I want to challenge us to pray bigger prayers in 2020 than we've ever prayed. To stand strong and believe God that nothing is impossible with him. I was a pain. I was just like Jabez. I was a pain. I was a pain to my mom. My dad was not the number one student. But when God got a hold of me and I began to hear the power of positive confession, and I'm not talking about name it and claim it. You know, the charismatic wave hit in the 70s, and, and it was a new tide, and people thought they could just say something and it happened. I believe a declaration or a confession is a seed sown in our lives that produces faith, and faith can move mountains. So just declaring it's not to become in order to possess what you want. When John said, I would above all things you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, the very primary foundation of prosperity or a fruitful or a blessed life is that your soul can handle the blessing. The soul can handle the fruit. That it doesn't weigh it down to the point uh, where it brings stress on your life. That you get to experience the fruit of what you say. So to me, being positive is not just the power of positive thinking. But being positive means you're in agreement with God. Jesus said in the world, you have tribulation. But then he turns right around in that same verse and says, take courage. I've overcome the world. Jesus always had a positive answer to a realistic or negative statement. In other words, don't worry about it. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy the very next verse. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. What kind of life do you want to live? You get to determine that. You say, well, no, I really don't. My wages determine that. My boss determines that. And so on and so forth. No, you determine that. Who do you want to become? 
Are you the person that when you get hired somewhere, you ask, what's the, what's the least required of me? Or you ask the question, what can I do to get a dark day? And do I need to work? What do I need to do? Last Sunday was a dark day in the athletic world. The loss of Kobe Bryant into a helicopter crash. I happened to be in L.A. during the period of time that he was playing. A friend of mine was the chaplain of the Lakers. We had access to the Lakers. Some of the Lakers would come to some of the meetings that we had. And Kobe, the, what made Kobe different or set apart was his work ethic. He believed he could be better. As a matter of fact, what's being said about him a week after his, the tragic loss or his death is that Kobe continually asked questions. He was always in NBA. You'd think he'd just be telling everybody. Instead, he asked questions. He was always trying to get better. You and I are who we are and will become who we become not because of what our parents did or didn't do, not because of our high school or junior high or elementary. We will become who we become because we have chosen to believe God and not the words of others. And not only have we chosen to believe God, we have chosen to declare what we believe out loud. You're not crazy if you talk to yourself. You're crazy if you don't. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God who began a good work in me is going to bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God will never leave me nor forsake me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I've been bought with a price. I belong to the creator of heaven and earth. My father is master and king. Yes, I was a pain to my mama and daddy, but I was a blessing to my heavenly father, as are you. And so I'm going to believe what my heavenly father says about me, not what my earthly mother declared. Though most of the time she declared good things, but I exhausted that woman. Said things to you, and you've exhausted people in your life. And, and they've said things to you in reaction to how you have behaved. Pray dangerous prayers. Have a different spirit. If you want to live a fruitful life, stay planted. Many people today, I don't feel like going to church, or I don't feel like going to that church, or pastor makes me mad. If you think I can make you mad, there are a thousand other church to church until finally somebody quits scratching where we itch, and then we stay home. Stay rooted. Stay planted. Be tenacious. This is where I'm going to flourish. This is my place. Don't let anybody uproot you from your place. I've been in this city longer than I ever thought I would be. But this is where I'm planted. Until God has other plans. and I'm planted. This is where I'm going to flourish. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to declare happiness and peace. I'm going to ask God. You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. God bless me so I can be a blessing. 
That's all I ask. Bless me so I can be a blessing. Susan and I were at dinner Friday night and and uh, up in Tulsa, this kind of just a blue-collar steakhouse. Everybody in Tulsa knows about it. And, and we had a waiter, a server, I guess nowadays is what you say. They're not stewardesses, they're flight attendants. They're not waiters, they're servers. But this guy did such a fabulous job. I, I looked, I told Susan, I said, this guy's a great server. I said, I've never had anybody this good. He's just very conscientious. And at the end of the meal, I, I just felt compelled to give him money. I told him, I said, I, you're the best server I've ever had. How often do you not say something to somebody that you could say to them that would change their life? Let's be complimentary. Let's tell people how wonderful they are. Matter of fact, if you told someone who's a jerk how wonderful they are, you would think you're lying and you're a hypocrite, and they would think you're lying because they know they're a jerk. They work hard at speaking to who God made them. Not who they are. And if they look and say, well, I know I'm a jerk. Why would you say that? Because you're not being who God called you to be. And I know who God made you to be. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made to be incredible. This prayer is straightforth and bold. Don't tiptoe with God. Don't whisper. Don't, oh, God, I'm nothing, you know. But would you please? Don't beg God. All of us who've had children know that they don't beg for food. They just walk in the pantry. Matter of fact, when something's not in the refrigerator they want, why don't we have any of this? Am I right? That's what they do. You know why? Because they trust you, they're comfortable with you, and they know you have their best. It's time for you to look and say, God, where is that? Why don't we have any of this? You think you're going to irritate God and he's going to send a bolt of lightning through your roof into your head? God's going to look and say, wow, they're trusting me. They're talking like covenant people. They're talking like people who believe I have the power to do whatever they ask. I've got some things on my list that would sound ridiculous and some of you would leave. You say, why would you ask for that? I don't know. Because I can, and because God's not mad. When I started asking God to bless me with the cars, I started giving cars away. It became a cycle. It's just fun. And, and, and I'll never forget, I gave a car to a young man I didn't even like. But I felt like God said, he needs help. And I thought, but God, get somebody else help him. I don't like him. Guys, to be honest with you. And I gave it to him because God said, give it to him. God bless me again. See, if, you, if you're a blessing with what you have, you'll be blessed. Because God sees he can trust you. And that you trust him. God wants us to live fruitful lives. Blessed lives. Don't be shamed. Don't be bashful. But we have to commit to trust him in our success as well as our lack of success. So when you pray... To be blessed, always remember the right motive is I want to be a blessing. Very, very important. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that no prayer request is silly, too big, 
God, we're not going to hide our needs anymore. We're not going to hide our deepest thoughts from you. You already know them. But we're going to articulate those, God. Communicate those. We trust you, God. And I pray for everyone in this place, everyone watching online, that, that we would bear fruit, God. And it would be a reflection to others in this world that when we open our mouths, say, well, God, God bless me. God's blessed me. God's been good to me. Why has he been good to you? Because I believe, not because I'm good, but because he's good. I just simply put my faith in who he is, and he responds. I pray, Lord, starting today, that we would pray big prayers and see big results. In the moment, we like, always like to eye closed. Those of you watching online, if you just pause for one moment, we like, always like to offer people the opportunity to know Jesus and pray a simple prayer that will make a huge difference. Some people don't get saved just because they've done so many bad things. They think that they're bad has overshadowed God. I know you in here, all of you pray this with me so that those here that have not received Christ will not have to pray this alone. Pray it with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin and I call on your name. And I declare with confidence, I am born again. I am forgiven. I am saved. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to text the word saved to 405-500-1310. Text the word saved. And uh, we'll get that text. We, every Monday morning, every Sunday afternoon, we get that text. And we pray for those of you that gave your life to Jesus. And so please text us if you would, please. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.